Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. OMG, friend, we are back at it. After taking a break and recharging and doing all of the things at the end of 2021 and now it's 2022. I know. Can you can you believe it? I cannot. I actually think it's going to be a lucky year because of all of the twos. I've noticed twos are my thing. Mm-hmm. Twos are your thing? Yeah. It's a new thing. Uh, th- it's a new thing for twos to be your thing. For sure. Wow. Tell us yep. more about this, T. I would really love to know this because in our 20 plus years of friendship, never, ever have I known that twos are your thing. It is. So here's what I thought about this year. Yeah. I went into 2022. 2022. So I was born in February second month of the year yes on the 28th also two. right two eight is a multiple of two yep it Ooh, totally makes sense mg it's my jam you know what i just thought of too what you want to guess no <laughs> <laughs> i just thought about the fact that you're so like black and white and mm. very like it's this or that but Which no. is tw- and sometimes, I've not with everything, because you're a free spirit with an asterisk. Yeah. But right. the times when you are doing your whole dual thing, you think mm-hmm. it's because you're like a lover of twos and you've always been your whole life? Maybe. I have always been a lover of twos. You think so? Yeah, for sure. Wow. But I have worked on more spectrum-like thinking. But I'm always going to love things that are black and white and clear. That makes sense. I so, love that. Yeah. I love that for you, T. Yeah, for sure. I love Coming into that myself for you. these days. Huh. I think that there are many two things I can think of you with now, right? Yeah. Tanya. Um, not actually a two thing. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. <laughs> you see where I was going with that, though? The two syllables? Yeah. yeah I got you. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it works. But you don't want to let me get that win for you. Because that would be strange. It would just it be? doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's good, though. So 2022, the pandemic is still happening, right? Is it? Is it? It ended. No. They might start again. Probably. I think so. I think we're on a break, though. We're on a pandemic break. We're on a pandemic break. For sure. For sure. I mean, I was talking to Mo recently, and she was saying that China, there's another variant. I can't keep track. There's going to be another variant, like, every month, at least. Because when you really think about how viruses work, they have to continue to adapt. Right. They're going to continue to pick up new things. Mm-hmm. Different strains will appear. Mm-hmm. That's how they work. So that's what we should expect. But I do think it's important that we continue to understand the cyclical nature of this pandemic, if that's what we're still calling it. We are still calling it that. That feels like the right fit for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it, but then I also, I'm so out of practice with the before times, as I call it, Mm -hmm. that this new reality, I'm like, maybe I actually like it here. Why? Why would you like it here? Because like, you know, people feel, people are more sanitized. That's a plus. That is a plus. Um, I also really have really gotten into this working from home thing, right? That's actually the part that you like. It's not this even about people really being clean. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually really so good. So now my office, as you know, is opening. Yes. And I was like, what? You guys want us to come in two days a week? It's absurd. 
is that absurd? It's two but then days. But it's like, it's two days, right? Because, again, I'm like, I'm not well-practiced in this life anymore <laughs> of the five-day work week. I mean, yeah. it's, like, not a thing. It's ridiculous. The The slippery part of this whole working from home, always, you know, being in really cute pajamas thing is that it disrupts so many other facets of my life. Like, mm. you know, I haven't been able to go to the gym. I shouldn't say I haven't been able to. Let <laughs> me speak more honestly. I have not had the motivation to go. Mm-hmm. And I've tried, like, you know, I told Elise, like, be my accountable um, partner. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, damn, I have to go find a new gym because New York Sports Club shut down at some point during the pandemic. Wait, all of them? They went out of, remember they no. went to Chapter 9? Cha- no. What is it, Chapter 9 or Chapter 11? I don't What's know the what they did. Thing? Chapter They're 11. both, but different yeah, types different, of bankruptcy. Okay. Yeah. But I thought they were still open. They're open under, like, a new name. They're mm. now like um, TPL or TP something. Is it still gym? a gym? Yeah, it's still a gym. Um, so that means your membership probably still exists. No, it doesn't. Because TP, whatever their name is, I don't remember. Um, they're not close enough to me where it is actually an option. Oh. And the benefit with going to New York Sports Club when I was going is that it was at least some place that I could walk to from my office. Mm-hmm. And that does not exist where I am now in the Bronx. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would need to go look for a new gym and then Mm -hmm. figure out when to go to the gym, which it's weird. Like when you're actually heading into an office and you're getting off and you're commuting, you kind of feel like you're already out and you want to stay out and do stuff. For sure. When you're home, your gym schedule needs to be more at the starting of the day. And you know, I'm more of like an after 8.30 a.m. kind of person. I can be like an after 8 person as well. Yeah. But the idea of being a part of like the 5 a.m. or the 6 a.m. gym club, You're not I don't it. identify with that, you know, structure yet. Yeah. What do you think those people are about, the 5 a.m. and 6 a.m.? Oh, my a. God. Club? They must be about being so organized. <laughs> They get up early. <laughs> they really get to it. Yeah. They are driven. They are squeezing every minute out of their day. They are champions. They are. You know, there's a whole theory about the 5 a.m. club where people are, people who are gym people who are get up at 5 a.m. Or even they're, even if they're not gym people, but they get up at 5 mm-hmm. a.m. every day and do a particular morning routine, mm-hmm. they tend to be more productive during the day, which I think is about 25% more productive. Okay. Because they're taking advantage of that time where so much of the population is sleeping that they find productivity in that piece and in that routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there might be something to what these 5 a.m.ers do. So lovely. Yeah. Good for them. Good yeah, for you for all. Sure. Five AMers. Cheers amazing. to that. I mean, I'm more of a night owl ish. I am more mm. of a night owl. Let me just own that identity. So like the idea of like being a night owl and then also being in the five AM gym club, that just feels unrealistic. Yeah, for sure. Like I wouldn't be able I would need to give up one, right? It would need to be that I would be getting to bed at an earlier time in order to be getting up at five AM. But then do you think you'll then start a gym routine that happens at night? I, this is the part that I'm unclear about. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm not ready to be serious yet. What I'm hearing is you don't want to. But that's okay. Isn't that what I just I said? I get it. I'm not ready to be serious yet. Yeah, you don't want to. Right. Yeah, t- totally get it. Mm-hmm. 
Of course, that's not how you want to spend your pandemic. No, but you know what I decided, which is a small step. Hmm. I started reading Atomic Habits, right? Because I'm like, you know what? Right. I'm like, okay, clearly I'm a fairly disciplined person, but now I've been in the lull of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. now I need to be able to like get back on track, which and I'm on track. Like I'm very busy at work. And then when I get off, I kind of just want my brain to be... I don't know. Off work as well. Off work, offline. But mm-hmm. it's not really like I'm fully offline because I'm doing other stuff, whether it's connecting with my partner or family or doing whatever. Anyway, so mm-hmm. with all of this happening, I'm like, huh, Atomic Habits, you had mentioned it to me. Yeah. For and sure. then Doc had also mentioned it to me as well. And I'm like, you know what? Small changes leading to bigger things. This kind of feels like what I need. Like yeah. I need to get back into the practice of having good habits. Yeah, Atomic Habits, I just thought, was a critical way for me to start the year because as I think about making a new change, and not necessarily in the sense of a new resolution because I don't necessarily believe in the resolution practice, Mm -hmm. but I do believe in the idea of reminding yourself of great things to do that help you to further develop yourself. Right. Um, And the book talked about those micro changes and Mm -hmm. those micro habits that create bigger change and bigger habits but Mm -hmm. I also liked where he talked about combining tiny habits together I don't know if you're at that part yet no I'm literally in chapter one okay like page eight (laughs) so you're early on but as you get further in the book he talks about things like some of the habits that you already do, like you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, for example, Mm -hmm. like if there's something like going to the gym as a habit that you want to start, you can combine when I brush my teeth right after is when I go to the gym. So that way your brain starts to compute those habits as things that happen together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where those micro changes start become real changes. Right. So I thought that was really cool in the book. Yeah. I love sometimes how it's like the smallest thing that is like gives you the biggest aha moments. Mm -hmm. You're just like, huh, that is clever. I mean, it's all like training and conditioning your mind to receive certain signals and patterns and things like that, um, which is like really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. He also talks about um, where you might be on a good habit, like a good routine Mm -hmm. and sometimes something happens and it throws you off of your routine for that day. Pandemic. Yes, like the pandemic. But what's important is to remember that that is just a day, but then you can pick back up the habit the next day. When you repeat that poor behavior that took you off of that habit, that's when that poor behavior becomes the habit. So... Not so much an excuse for you because it's not. It means that when you stopped your routine and then you repeatedly did that for the last 365 days, now your new habit is I'm a person that does not go to the gym. Make sense? Yeah, but it sounds so bad. It sounds crazy. But I think we always fall into the habit of, well, I... I miss the gym and then you miss the gym again and then you miss the gym again. So now that's your new habit, but you got to kind of click into, okay, I missed the gym today. I actually can go back tomorrow and make it a habit. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And that was something that I need. You know, I need that type of message as well because we're human. Right. You make mistakes. You're like, oh, my God, I've been going to the gym for 30 days. I feel so good about myself. And then you have a lazy morning and you're like, oh, crap, I fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, the message is you can't pick it back up. It doesn't have to become the new habit. I've really been trying to think about like, why can't I just get back into the swing of it? I've like I've I've been going through the process and really being introspective about why can't I figure this out? I mean, obviously, like I know I don't have a real yearning and a desire to I don't have like a want to Mm -hmm. but outside of that I am continuously running into this feeling where I think that there's just not enough hours in the day yeah and I think to myself that okay I have to work for x period of time and then I have to make time for myself I have to make time for my partner family and not saying that it's gonna all happen every day but I'm just thinking about the things that I have to do after. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you have things that you want to research. Maybe you're doing something with home improvement. And so mm-hmm. there are all of these pieces of time that I'm like, well, that's already gone from the week. This is already yeah. gone from me. That's already gone. And then to think about implementing or re-implementing more so this gym thing, I'm just like, where am I getting this time from? And it yeah. feels like it's such a big thing to Mm -hmm. add on to a plate that already feels stacked. For sure. I mean, and I'm not necessarily talking just specifically about the gym idea. I think it could be for any habit. Like, for sure, you've incorporated reading, right? Like, as you have gone eight pages into the book. Yes. Thank you, friend. Huge. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) Like, think about, like, if you wanted to start reading as a new habit and you said, I'm going to do this every morning when I get up as mm-hmm. a porting, as a part of my morning routine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just because you might have skipped a Saturday morning doesn't mean that it's no longer your habit. It means that you're still learning your habit and you can pick it back up on Sunday. Yeah. Right? Like you will find a way to carve it in if it's something that is important and is realistic for you to do. And probably if you connect it to another habit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that I noticed being at this like mid 30s point is like my relationship with time. Mm-hmm. Like time feels so it feels weirdly pressing. Yeah. But not with like a an extreme sense of urgency, but more so feeling like it feels so fine like there's a I don't know if finite is the word it feels like precious. Like Mm -hmm. I think about not the quantity of time, but the quality of time. Cause Mm -hmm. I think we're in a period where we realize, you know, our attention is very divided because of the fact that we have so many more things to do now than we had to do. Let's say with fear like 21, 25 or whatever. Yeah. And so you feel like you have to be so intentional with your time. And then it's like, it's just so much juggling. And I was telling you this the other day. I'm like, you know, I see now why people are like, you know, you get done what you can and you do the best that you can. Yeah. I totally get the attitude because it's like you're only, there's only about so much you can do. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think it's definitely a mid 30s space because Mm -hmm. you don't want to waste time because as you approach this 
good old 40 number, you think about like, wow, probably about half of my life is behind me at this point. And I'm looking forward to what might look like family life, retirement, like getting to the end of this work life. So you start being more intentional with the time that you have. And to your point, spending more quality time and Mm -hmm. being intentional about where that quality time needs to be spent because Mm -hmm. your life expands so much at this point that you can't find time for everything. You have to be able to find the time that's quality for you, that's important for you, that Mm -hmm. is intentional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's also like a different space that you're in. It's like you're nurturing relationships that are already existing. Mm -hmm. And you're not like, at least for me, where I am right now, I'm like new relationships. I don't feel the need to seek them out. Like in the same sort of like intentional way because I'm like, I don't have the time to give to it. Or if it's a new relationship or a new thing it needs to be something that can be probably very independently managed right where it's like it does not need too much of me because like there's just only but so much i can get and that's huge growth for you because you are a collector of friends so for you to get i know you keep saying this man you are are a scam that is not my thing it is absolutely i don't collect friends tanya i'm sure there are many people who know you well, who would beg to defer. No one says this except you. Okay. So I think this is an opportunity for us to ask the audience. Once we get on social media, this will be the question. Let us know if Kendra is a collector of friends. My guy, I'm not a collector of friends. I am a person who is extremely social. Yes. Very extroverted. Yes. I get energy from others. I love good vibes and connection. Yeah. And you're so full of shit. I don't even understand because all of those (laughs) words that you use to describe yourself. Where did you get collector? Wait. All of the words that you just used to describe yourself are also words that many would probably use to describe me. Let me tell you the difference. Of course. Let me tell you the difference between you and I. You don't care enough to keep on connecting. This is the thing. (laughs) And this is how you collect friends. And I don't. Nothing wrong with that. I always tell you that this is your superpower. I can be just as social and extroverted and fun and all those things in person. And in fact, I am. But what I don't do is pick up with the random person three weeks from now. Like, or even, oh my God, we talked about this plant. I saw this plant today. Let's be friends. <laughs> right? Like, I leave it in the moment. And your superpower is, you remember the leaf on the tree Connection? that we talked about three weeks ago. Why do you keep referencing <laughs> plants and leaves? What are you trying I don't know, to tell I'm me? I'm looking at the plants in my house right now, and I'm like, man, if these were real trees, they would be so bomb. But they're also pretty bomb as fake trees. But they're whatever. good fake trees. I digress. Yeah. Yeah. But I take your point in that. It's, it's so important to do your best yeah because you're not going to be able to get with all of these people and stay connected nope. to all these people so not in the best, same way not in the same way mm-hmm. and definitely not the way that you would have five years ago yeah it's like you just don't really have like that i don't have that type of time right now like yeah. time is just not something that i feel i have a whole lot of like yeah it's just you know, like it is what it is as you you talked about do your best reminded me of another book that uh-huh. I've been reading while we're on the topic of books is uh-huh. um, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh-huh. And it's a book that I 
go back to. Like Some here you say. Years. So good. And one of the four agreements is always do your best. Yes. And it's so resonant with me every year because as people, as mm-hmm. women, as black women, mm-hmm. there are always going to be these moments where you're like, man, I wish I would have done that differently or I wish mm-hmm. I would have done that mm-hmm. better or I could have been a better friend, a better sister, a better mom, mm-hmm. whatever. And we beat up ourselves a lot for things that we probably don't need to. Like, yeah. We need to be able to just kind of say, you know what? I did my best in that moment or right. the best that I could have done with the information that I had or at the time, with the resources that I had at the time and mm-hmm. let that be it and let it go. Yeah. You know, it's all like speaking, um, to ourselves kindly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's giving grace. And I think it's just like, just really coming to the understanding that we're not like, superhuman yeah I mean it's a cute little catch-all phrase that we use sometimes to really like showcase like someone's ability to be exceptional yeah and being exceptional is fine Mm -hmm. it's completely okay but there is something to be said about just like accepting the fact that you know what I I do have finite abilities and I have finite time and I have finite things and that's just like what it is and yeah and that's it for sure um Speaking about the four agreements, the thing that I actually remember most about that book, and maybe the only thing that I remember, mm-hmm. is the lesson about not taking things personally. Yeah. I remember when you had introduced that book to me, and then I read it. That was like the one thing that I, and it's not like I was ever someone who really got easily offended anyway, but it's the added just being conscious about when you're in a situation not internalizing it and if something happens not walking away from it and like being like okay what did I do and it's not to say you don't be um introspective and you don't practice you know really being cognizant and thinking through things but it's a matter of just making sure that when you're in situations particularly difficult ones that you're not always bringing it back to having to do with you. Yeah. Like there are times that you are interacting with someone where it is really just about them. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with you and what you have going on. And in order to, for me, it's like self-preserving in order for me to not take on more. It's like, okay, this has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. And this is fine. And you let go. Yeah. Like it went hand in hand with like practicing more radical acceptance for me. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's probably the, f- one of the four agreements that I struggle with the most. Really? Yeah. And it's only because I, one of my big themes in my life is around personal accountability. Oh my God. As you know. So sometimes when I want to practice not taking things personally, I find myself finding a way to still be reflective about my personal accountability in a situation. So this is so interesting. Yeah. So I struggle with this where I may be in a moment and I'm like, I I know that I don't need to take this personally. This is something that someone else is working through and yeah. they this they're the star of this story and I'm not. Uh-huh. But in reflection, I think, well, what could I have done to ha- to avoid the situation or what could I do differently in the future? So because I'm always so self-reflective and that is a practice that I um, have developed over the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. 
I'm always butting up against that one agreement. And that's part of why I reread that book so frequently. This is so interesting. Yeah, I struggle with this. You know, as the person who I think knows you most intimately. For sure. I think to myself that I never even thought about this framing. Because I think about it from the other end of it, which is like, you don't care enough about so many things to be emotionally invested so I don't even think of it from that. I, I just thought of it from your other more logical, emotional sensibilities where you're yeah. like, you're not even going to get, you're not going to get caught up into things because right. of that and not realizing that your <laughs> obsession with accountability it's crazy. takes you down this path. It does. And even though in the moment I might be like, you know, I don't care about that. I don't care enough about this situation. Right. Or that person's going to work out their shit on their own. It doesn't have anything to do when with When the me. lights go off. When the lights go off, I'd be like, damn, was that me? <laughs> I like this for you. This is some you good know? vulnerability stuff. It's, it's crazy because this personal accountability shit like really fucks with me sometimes because I'm practicing that and I'm practicing reflection, reflection and I'm thinking about like, how do I put those things together, but still take me out of the story? And it's largely impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's this is so fascinating. Tell it me is. more, friend. <laughs> but I keep rereading this book, hoping that someday it's going to stick. You know, do you take it. notes? Because maybe you should take I, notes. I have the physical copy somewhere and there's a lot of notes in there. Huh. In the last year or two, I've predominantly like reread it on Audible. I don't know if people say always no. reread. I don't know. I don't read know what has, the, the verb the, is. The, the idea of reading has evolved. Like people it understand has. that it's not a physical book, right. like a paper exactly. book. Yes. So I, I think rereading still counts. Yes. I say that teasingly because one, you have so many fucking notebooks. So I was I like, do. if you were making notes, you're probably use, losing your notes. So then yeah. that's that. But the reason why I was asking it is because if you find yourself like running into this wall, mm-hmm. then it would be really thinking about and breaking apart, maybe in some sort of like visual way, like why do you keep running into this thing? That might and be like, useful. how do you... I, like, I don't know. Like, that's what came to mind because you're someone who, like, you write notes and you take notes. Mm. And then on your talk show that you do it yourself. Yeah. Like, do like do you interview and interrogate yourself as to, like, why? Sometimes. Sometimes I, I talk to myself about why is it important for me to take accountability in that situation. Mm. And there are some situations where I'm able to completely remove myself, realizing that I did my best you know, like that's kind of where I right. I lean to when I'm making yeah. sure that I take out the personal accountability. Mm. Um, but because of the reflection piece, I continue to reflect on mm-hmm. where could I show up differently. Yeah. What's so funny in all of this, as I was thinking just now, I'm like, maybe this is just a byproduct of being the eldest of four. I don't know, perhaps. One I of them. have a lot of responsibility where, where you always have. concerned. You always have. You were born into that. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and then in your life, you've always been in leadership and always been mm-hmm. in management. So at this point, it's become so embedded into who you are, even yeah. more so. Like it's For just sure. kind of like layered it on. Yeah. So it's like, when do you find do time to off? dial it down? Not even take yeah. it off. I, I feel like it's more about dialing it down. Yeah, perhaps. I do need to continue to work on that. Um, but my active work is to continue to reread this book at the moment and continue to have my that talk show That is hilarious. Yeah, but I do love that book, The Four Agreements. It's amazing. Like, it's, you know, the always do your best, 
don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Um, I still fall into that trap here and there. What's the fourth one? Because I only remember don't take things personally. Like, I kid you and not. be impeccable with your word. Oh, I love that. Yes. I do like it. But there were definitely yeah. some stuff in the book where I was like, mm, I don't know, sir. No, in the way that he explained, I remember when I was reading it at the time, obviously this is several years ago at this point, but I remember the way that he articulated or framed some of his stuff, I wasn't really in agreement with. Mm. But like the main messaging of what it is conceptually, I'm like, I can see great value in this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, many have. It's a bestseller. So there are many bestsellers these days. Bestseller. There's always an audience. No, it's a great book. Yeah, it's it is a it is a really great book. So what else are you reading? Because you definitely read more than me at this point. Well, I just started this book called Can't Hurt Me. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And of course, when I say when I'm, I'm reading it, it's not actually I'm reading it. It's, you mean on um, Audible? I'm listening on Audible. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's by David Goggins. Mm-hmm. And what is really cool about this book is that he, it's almost like an autobiography and he talks about, and I'm only probably about a chapter in, Okay. But he talks about his childhood and growing up in a severely abusive home. And the intent is to kind of show his growth. Um, but it's pretty graphic so far in the way that the abusive home is described. Yikes. I'm sorry. How did this book come across your path and why are you reading it? Um, this was a book that was recommended um, in a work environment, mm. and uh, it's about self-development, and I'm trying to just pull up a little bit about the summary, so I can give you just oh my God. details. You lost me at graphic abusive um, storytelling. So it's the story of David Goggins, who went from being overweight and depressed to becoming a record-breaking athlete inspiring military leader and world-class personal trainer. Okay. So, um, it is about mastering your mind in order I to love defy that. the odds. So, I mean, I'm I not love very that catchphrase. But from where it starts, like it talks about um, this is upbringing, like we're really deep in his childhood right now and how he describes his dad's abusive relationship with him and his brother as well as his mom and I guess it will go into how he evolves past that and how he changed his mindset wow in order to defy the odds interesting so it's really cool the next book I'm gonna read is this book called cast which is on Oprah's bestseller c-a-s-t-e right c-a-s-t-e have you heard of this yeah I had not until... Uh, but I feel like it's not a new Oprah's List book. No. It's from a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, What's the inspiration behind this other book? Cast? So this was a recommendation from a new friend that I um, met. Okay. Actually, we met him together um, on the Got weekend it. of my yeah, birthday yeah, yeah. when we were hanging mm-hmm. out. So he is a lawyer and he was recommending this book as something that he was currently reading. Okay. And it talks about... Um, I think it's like the sociology of race and race relations in America and the caste system that right. exists because of how, um, because of our relationship with race and our history with mm-hmm, race. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty interested to read that as the next that book. That is interesting. Look yeah. at you, T. 
you've done read all the self-help books so you might as yeah. well go read some other shit i mean i'm gonna continue to read the self-help books <laughs> that's my jam you done read all of them girl that's not possible oh my god <laughs> so funny that's my um, genre that's how i get down in right. life i mean you have to be so progressively minded and really intentional and working on oneself to do that when you were talking about you know mastering one's mindset i thought about the idea of optimism Mm-hmm. and how being progressively minded plays into I'm curious about how it plays into one's ability to master one mind it's like yeah. can you be someone who has a more negative or pessimistic outlook and master your mind that's an interesting question I would love to know what people think about that yeah that that is interesting um but I think it's pretty challenging to be pessimistic and master your mind well actually the pessimism does become the master of your mind like that's that's what Run happens. That so when you're pessimistic, and this is coming from my learnings around manifestation, law of attraction, uh-huh. etc. So if you are pessimistic and you are very much woe is me, bad things happen to me, uh-huh. then you have this. told your mind yes. and your world that mm-hmm. bad things always happen to you. Therefore, mm-hmm. you manifest those things to you. You mm-hmm, attract mm-hmm. that to you. If you are someone who is optimistic, mm-hmm. then that is your mindset. That's what the master of your mind is, optimism. So good things happen to you. Good things are drawn into your mm-hmm. life because you are optimistic about your life. Yeah. That is that's some good shit right there. Yeah. That's wild. Manifestation is key. You know, I wholeheartedly believe in a positive and progressive mindset. Absolutely. That's how you get things done. That's kind of wild. How many times do you reread that book? I actually read The Secret probably three times, but then I moved on to books like um, The Positive Mindsets. I moved on to The Law of Attraction. Mm-hmm. Um the positive there. mindset. Yeah, I actually have the physical book. I think it's under. Oh yeah, I might have to borrow shelf. that. You know, with the secret, as you know, I never finished it. Really? Yeah, you say this every single time. I, I have never the finished secret. It. Yeah, I don't need to read it. It's fine. You oh told me enough about it. I believe you. Um, <laughs> and with my, you know foundational religious lessons i feel like i i get it i'm like between what you've said what i've learned from growing up in a christian home i'm like Mm -hmm. got it seems easy enough i just found that the secret was not really a secret it's not like it was literally i'm like oh this shit is like known so i didn't find it to be like a wow like i didn't find it to be impressive because of that um because i was just like uh this is kind of what we already know. But it's presented that way in the book where it talks about what the book is about is not a secret. Like So they address that in the book. If you had read the fucking book, oh, it but... says that. <laughs> they actually say it's not a secret. You see giggle, this coming giggle. up for centuries. Well, if I'm quoting the book, I'm, and I'm probably not quoting no. specifically or directly, but it mentions the fact that this has existed for centuries. It's been talked about I, in now that you say it. hundreds and thousands of this books. Is, so and it's, it's actually referenced in the Bible as, yeah. yes, ask... 
and believe Misha, receive look at you yes come through what's your lessons from believe. confirmation class yes for this confirmation class i absolutely earned my communion thank you very much thank you thank you yeah no um so yeah that was my challenge with reading the secret now that you mention it i do recall seeing about that and then yes. they just kind of lost me because then it's like well this is really not much of a it just didn't resonate with me as much because then I'm like, well, this seems obvious. And then like the book title is now kind of funny because <laughs> then it's like, well, the secret is not actually a secret. I mean, it's really ironic. I mean, they had a great sense of humor naming that one, but I just felt like it was one of those that I'm like, you know what? I got the summary. I get the general idea. Got it. Good. Sometimes you don't need to engage in the book fully in order to get what you need to get from it. That is the thing that I tell myself. Yeah, it's inaccurate. You actually need to engage That's in the book. That's what I'm telling myself about the secrets. You have to engage in books fully in order to get what you it's need done. from the book. It's done. Yeah. It's over. I think for me, with manifestation, it wasn't just about the one book or the one lesson. It was about layering mm-hmm. on top of that learning with other teachings. Because yes. even if I read the secret and I thought, oh, this is obvious, the book talks about the fact that it's available everywhere hundreds of people have talked about it thousands of people have talked about right. it so then why not then also find those teachings to further yeah you know kind of make it significant for you right right so i went on and i read all these other books and you know practice and practice i was waiting for when you would say and, that and absolutely practice but it took a while for me to practice yeah like i was very much in a learning and researching space for a long time with manifestation mm-hmm. so i had to figure out how to get to the practicing phase and I still don't think that I practice in a way that most people that manifest practice where people do vision boards consistently they would do like little note cards with um like their words of affirmation I like those yeah which you had a mirror full of I still do yeah so I have never gotten into those type of practices um but I do some more like visualizing Yes. Um, I'm big on quotes, like mm-hmm. things that already exist in the world and speak to me somehow. Yeah. And then most recently on social media, there are all these um, like affirmation songs or like little poetry type yes. of vibes that feel like very easy to remember. And right, right, good right. Affirmation practice that I love. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely believe that I manifested the life that I have now. Absolutely. Manifested, worked at it kept working at it manifested it some more yeah manifested it some more for sure yeah yeah i like that this was great yeah absolutely we started off one place and ended up in this other place we meandered as usual (laughs) so good indeed i feel like we should like toast to like some sort of like manifestation type of deal for 2022 oh Maybe this is joy comes to me fast. Oh my joy God. Joy comes to me easily. Joy loves my company. When joy comes, it lasts. Cheers. Wow. Cheers. Thanks so much, y'all, for tuning in to another episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. Follow us on socials. Talk to you soon.